What's up, church? You sound excited. Come on. I don't know if they told you to do that, but I like it anyways, even if they did. What's up? Hey, let's say hi to everybody. Denver-based locations, we love you like crazy. I hope you're half as excited as Littleton is today about being in church. Brussels, what's up? We love you, Brussels. And men and women at both of our God Behind Bars campuses, you are family, you are part of this family, and we love you, we're proud of you, and we're so glad that you're in church with us today. We're in this teaching series called Fearless, and we've been talking about how we crave living this way, right? We crave fearless. We get around people who are fearless. We get around like and everyone's got somebody in their life. It's like that one guy, and he'll do anything, right? Or that one girl, she'll say anything. And sometimes you're like, you are not all there. You know what I mean? But there's still part of us that goes, and I wish I was like that just a little bit, right? And so we're in this series called Fearless. If you're just joining us for the first time, we're so glad you're here. Listen, I know what a weird thing it is to visit a church, whether it's the first time you visited any church or just the first time you visited this church. I know it's weird. You look around, you go, I don't know if I belong. Here's the thing. If this thought's already went through your head, I've made a lot of mistakes in life. I don't know if I'm in the right place. You're exactly where you ought to be. Join the party, all right? We have two, and we're glad you're here, so welcome home. We're in this series called Fearless, and, and we're, we're talking about how we do, we crave it. And that's why this, this series has gotten a lot of traction. We, we crave this stuff because we were created to live fearless. We weren't created to live fearful, right? God's word said you are not given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And we started talking about last week how that is the opposite of anxiety, isn't it? Power, love, and a sound mind. And so last week I started what I promised you would be a two-part talk on the subject of anxiety. And I guess the, the, the subtitle would be fear and worry and depression also, because we're kind of talking about all of them. But what we started doing last week is we said, you know what, enough is enough. Like we've dealt with this stuff long enough, right? A bunch of you, and I know this hits home because at the, at the end of last week's message, I said, if you've dealt with anxiety or depression, or if somebody you love does, would you stand up? And I'm telling you the whole church stood up just about. Like this is real for us. And, and we've just decided, if you're joining us today, we've just decided as a church family, enough is enough. And we're not going to let fear and worry continue to hinder us and stop us and hold us back from pursuing the calling that God has on our life. We're no longer going to be okay with just accepting depression and anxiety. We're now going to attack these things in Jesus' name. That's where we're going as a church family. So we started that last week. We're going to continue, continue that today. This week, I had the opportunity to speak at a worship conference. Our worship team, as you know, um, is, is about to record our second album at the Red Weekend, which I hope you are registering for, because let me tell you what, it's getting full fast. Register quick, okay? So, so but the second night of the Red Weekend, we're going to record the album. Our worship team just got invited to play at this this worship conference this week called the Experience Conference. And so they played, and then I spoke, and then uh, Bethel played. 
And I mean, it was just unreal. It was so exciting. In fact, I was crying like a baby. I'm watching our team do this. And they're so good. Our worship team is so good. You guys, can you make some noise for our worship team at every location? They're so good, and I'm watching from the front row, and I'm like crying and snot and the whole thing, and I thought they were going to do this big like intro thing for me, and they didn't. The, the guy was just like, hey, you, Psst. and I'm like, oh, okay, and I'm like <laughs> walking up to the stage, and at one point in the message, I asked for a Kleenex and blew my nose mid-message. It was a whole deal, all right, but I'm not kidding. As I was on the plane heading there, I was thinking about today's message and all of a sudden I had this thought like think about the collective calling that we as a church family have think about the calling on us as individuals couples families a church family put all those together think about the collective calling that we as a church family have on our lives to make a dent in this world to build the kingdom of God and to help people find heaven We've got this huge calling on our life. And all of a sudden I started thinking, well, of course Satan wants to destroy that. The word tells us, right? He wants to kill, steal, and destroy the calling that God has on our life. Of course he wants to stop us from pursuing the calling that God has on our lives. And it started to to occur to me, I think the four things that he may use more than anything else to try and deter us from following the calling God has for us is fear, worry, anxiety, and depression. It's real. We know it's real. We've been looking at the story of Joshua throughout this series and the nation of Israel, and they were called to crazy, right? They were called to do something impossible. They were called to do something that on their own they could never do. They were called to cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land, take this whole nation of people across the Jordan at flood time into the promised land. It's crazy. It can't be done. So, so God has this pep talk moment with Joshua before they ever step foot into the river. And it's been the theme verse for us. It's Joshua 1.9. And here he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And it's like God already, it's not like, it is, God already knows I have a calling on your life and there's going to be times if you're going to pursue the plans I have for you that you're going to have to take some steps of obedience into the unknown. There's going to be times in your life when you're going to have to step into uncertainty. There's going to be times in your life when things are scary because you don't know how it's going to play out. That doesn't mean you're not following my calling. That's part of it. That's why you go in obedience, but we stand in faith, right? And so he has this pep talk moment with Joshua before he ever even steps into the river. And he says, look, Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy the calling I have on your life. So let me tell you what he's going to throw at you before you ever even step into the river. And here it is. Be strong and courageous. That's the opposite of fear and worry, right? Do not be afraid. That's the opposite of anxiety. Do not be discouraged. That's the opposite of depression. God says, I already know what the enemy's going to throw at you. So before you ever take a step, I'm telling you, you don't have to let those things win. Why? Because I'll be with you every step of the way, right? Now, here's the truth, and this is where we ended last week, is sometimes, though, it's, it's while we're standing that anxiety hits, isn't it? 
It's while I'm standing in the river, waiting on the miracle, waiting on the relationship, waiting on the promotion, waiting on someone to notice me, waiting on the answers that I just don't have, waiting on the finances. It's while we're standing in faith, waiting on God's provision, that anxiety and depression and worry and fear start to run us over sometimes, right? It's then that, that, and I don't know about you, but here's how I feel sometimes when I'm dealing with those things and I'm trying to stand in faith, but I don't know how it's gonna turn out. And what I think is, you promised me you'd go with me, right? You, you said you got me. You said, I got you. Well, if you got me, then how come I feel like I'm drowning? That's how we feel when we're in the middle of fear and worry and anxiety and depression. If you got me, how come I feel like I'm drowning, right? A few years ago, Chad and I went on a vacation together. And I know a bunch of you have been asking, and just to put your mind at ease, Chad will be back on this stage preaching next week. Can we make some noise, church? So Chad will be back here preaching next week. Chad and I took our families on vacation. We went to Disney World. It's two weeks in a row we're talking about Disney World. I don't know if God's trying to point us in that direction or protect us from it. I'm going to let you figure that out for yourself. The truth is, though, my story, it didn't happen because we were at Disney World. It happened because we left the reservation and we went somewhere else. Um, we were at Disney World for a day, and then we took the kids to this, this swimming pool place for a day. And, and basically, they just charge you a whole bunch of money. I, Florida, Orlando sees us coming, okay? And, and they charge you a whole bunch of money to go snorkeling in a pool, and they put some fish in the pool. <laughs> and so they're like, anybody want to pay double to fake snorkel? And we were like, Brugman's here, Johnson's here, sign us up. So we go fake snorkeling. All right, so Jude, his oldest son, was just learning how to swim. And at one point, Chad's like, hey, I'm getting out of the water. Will you watch Jude? And I'm like, Jude, bro, I got you, okay? And Chad's like, hey, for real, like he's not great at swimming. He's just learning. I'm like, I got this. Well, we're swimming. And then all of a sudden, Jill comes up to me and she's like, hey, I thought you were watching Jude. I'm like, I am. She goes, where is he? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I look back and about 15 yards behind me, I see Jude. And I see his little mask and his little snorkel. And he's going like this. His head's just bobbing above the water, right? And he's giving me the peace sign. And I'm like, what's up, Jude? Peace. Well, then I keep snorkeling around. Jill goes, you sure he's okay? I look back. His head's bobbing under for a little bit longer, but he's still giving me the peace sign. I'm like, yo, peace, bro. I got you. And then I'm not kidding. All of a sudden he goes under and I see his arm like flailing like this with the peace sign. And I'm like, what is he doing? All of a sudden, Chad about takes my head off, dives over me into the pool, goes over, rescues Jude, pulls him up out of the water. Poor kid was about to drown. Chad looks at me. He's like, really? I'm like, what? He flashed me the peace sign. And Jude looks at me like, Uncle Sean, I thought you had me. And I'm like, bro, I did. I was giving you the peace back. He goes, no, this is a sign for I'm drowning. I said, who in the world told you this was a sign for drowning? He goes, my dad. I go, Jude, this whole thing is your father's fault because this means peace, not I'm drowning. <laughs> I'm yelling at Jude going, peace. And he's like, no, 
I know you're saying I can have peace. All I feel is I'm drowning and I thought you had me, right? Chad's fault. (laughs) But that's how we feel, isn't it? God's word says, peace, you got this. You can be at peace. And we're like, I know you said I can be at peace. And I know you said you'd be with me. And I know you said I got you, but I feel like I'm drowning. And nothing seems to be working out, right? And I know some of you, you're in the middle of that right now. First, if you missed last week, you got to get caught up. But let me just remind you, here's what you need to know when you feel like you're drowning and there's no answers and, there's, and, and there doesn't seem to be a way out and you don't know how it's going to turn out and the water seems to be getting higher. You, we've got to remember, my God is with me, he's working, and he has a plan even when I can't see it. That's what we need to know. Today, I want to take the next step in attacking anxiety. I want to talk about the things we need to do. In the middle of it. So if you have your Bible with you, flip to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read one verse before we get to Philippians. Don't worry about that. I'm just setting it up. I want you to see this in your own Bible if you have it. If not, that's okay. The words will be up on the screens. First, let me read 2 Corinthians 1.8. This is written by the Apostle Paul to a church in Corinth. And, and he finally just goes, you know what? I'm not going to play games I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect when I'm not. I'm not going to pretend that I don't struggle when I do. I'm just going to lay it on the line for you. I've been through some stuff and we've been up against it. Listen to this. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. This is a guy who wrote a good chunk of the New Testament of your Bible. And he said, life got so hard and the pressures got so bad. And I felt like the water was just rising and I couldn't take it anymore. And life got so difficult at times that we didn't even want to live anymore. He knows the kind of stuff we're talking about. He knows hopelessness. He knows despair. He knows fear. He knows worry. He knows anxiety. And the reason I wanted to point this out to you is this, because if you struggle with this stuff, don't you dare discount yourself. Don't you dare play small and don't you dare listen to the lies in your own mind or from Satan saying, well, I guess you can't be used and I guess you can't be called and I guess you're less than everybody else around here because you deal with anxiety and depression and hopelessness because no, you're not because some of the most influential people on the planet also struggle with the same stuff. So don't you dare play small and don't you let, let yourself think that you are less than because of this stuff. We're all broken, right? We know that. We're just broken differently. Paul says, this is real and I have struggled. But then he writes this letter to this church in Philippi and he says, but make no mistake about it. Don't get it twisted. We don't have to sit back and accept it. We can attack it. Do not be anxious about anything. He says, we're going to attack anxiety. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says, we're not going to sit back and just accept it. In fact, he says, you don't have to live with it. You can defeat anxiety. And he says, here's how. 
He says, let me give you a roadmap to begin your battle against anxiety. Prayer, petition, and being thankful. He said, these three things bring a supernatural peace, a peace that transcends all understanding, a peace that you get in the middle of some stuff and it makes no sense for you to be able to have peace. And then you still can have peace in those situations because it's from God, not of yourself. And it'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Prayer, petition, being thankful. All right, so let's run through these. Prayer. I wanna wanna challenge you to consider this week Praying about your fears, your worries, your anxiety, your depression, or those things that affect a loved one. And I want to challenge you this week to begin praying some I'm on the attack kind of prayers. See, I believe defensive prayers are super valuable, right? There is no right or wrong way to talk to God. Let's not get that messed up, right? He's our father. We're his children. We can talk to him about anything, anytime, any way. He loves it. Right, But I don't feel like I need to coach you on how to pray the, I'm on the defense. Right, I don't feel like I need to coach you on the, oh God, I'm feeling anxious. Like we do that on autopilot, right? God, I feel depressed. God, I feel scared. God, the water's rising, right? right? Atheists, when the plane starts to crash, start praying real quick, <laughs> right? People who don't believe in God, when they get certain diagnoses in their life or in the loved one's life, start praying real quick. Like we know how to pray, oh dear God, here's what I'm going through. I don't feel like I need to coach you on that, but it's, it's important. Talk to God about it. But I want to challenge you a little bit today to pray with, with some offense in mind. I want to challenge you to be on the attack with your prayers. I, I've told this story. I don't remember when. I know I've told it before, but I forgot what I had for lunch yesterday. So I don't know when, um, but... I think fairly recently, so if you've heard it, forgive me, but it's, there's a point to it. Um, I got asked to help coach a lacrosse team. Have you guys remember that story? Any of you remember that story? Oh, only about 15 of you. I can tell it again. So, so um, you should raise your hand if there's more of you. So <laughs> Brian Austin, who's on our financial board, he been, he's been a part of this church since day one. Um, he asked me and Parks to help him coach lacrosse. And our three boys, Ethan and Gray and Brody, were gonna play lacrosse together. And I realized on the way to the first game that I had never seen a lacrosse game. (laughs) And so at one point, and I'll be quick, because I know I've shared this, at one point we got scored on and I brought the whole team over on the sideline. I was like, boys, listen, that dude like, he waltzed through our defense. I promise you kids, somebody put a shoulder pad in the middle of his chest. He will not waltz through our defense again. And then Brian comes running over like, no, 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 boys. This is non-contact youth lacrosse. (laughs) Go on out there and have a good game. You know, and they're running out the field saying, hey, boys. (laughs) Well, one of the many lessons I learned from our coach, Brian, and, and this is the, what I wanted to bring up, though, is there's, there's not many positions in lacrosse. There's goalie, there's defense, there's midi, and there's attack. And he would tell the kids before the game, like there's different sides and all that stuff, but like as far as layers, there's four layers. And he would tell the kids before every game whether you were on defense or whether you were on attack. And I don't know if you know this about lacrosse, but there's a line in the middle of the field. And if you're on attack, you're not even allowed to go back there while you're on attack. So, so what that meant for a certain amount of kids for a certain part of the game, before they ever even stepped onto the field, you know what they knew? I'm on the attack. 
I'm not playing defense. Not right now. I might later, but right now I'm attacking and attacking only. And I want you to get that mindset in some of your prayer lives for this week. As you step out onto the field and you start to pray for yourself this week or those that you love, I want you to get this in your mind. This week, when I step out onto the field, I'm on the attack, okay? We're going to stand on the word of God and we're going to attack anxiety with it. Ephesians 10, 17 says this, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We're going to take the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and we're going to use it to attack things like anxiety and depression and fear and worry in our prayer life this week. Now, I want to show you what this would look like for me. It's a little more animated because I get pretty animated up here, right? But um, here's what it would look like. Here's what it looks like for me. And this is what me and some of my friends will text back and forth, this is how I'm praying for you today, and this is what I want to remind you to pray about. So, so let's go through a few of these verses, and I'll show you what it looks like, because I want to challenge you to make this a part of your prayer life this week. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Leave that up for a second. And then I'll underline some things that I'm going to focus in on. And so I'll go into my prayer and I'll do the defense stuff and I'll do the, I'll describe the flood and I'll tell God everything that's wrong. But then I go on the offense, right? And I say, you know what, God, but here's the thing. I'm going to stand on your word today. And I'm not going to just accept the fact that I feel anxious and my chest is tight and I can't breathe and I'm, and I'm not being a very good parent right now. I'm just not going to accept it. I'm not going to stand back because your word says, you didn't give me a spirit of fear. I don't have to just accept this. You gave me power, love, and a sound mind. So I'm going to stand on that today. I'm going to attack anxiety back, and I'm going to go be the dad I want to be today in Jesus' name. See, we start to stand on the word with the sword of the spirit. Joshua 1.9, this is the one we've been reading this whole series. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. I'm going to be strong today. I'm going to be courageous today, not because of my strength, but because God says that he'll be with me. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be discouraged. He says he's going to be with me everywhere that I go, and I'm in a bad spot right now. So, God, I know you're with me. I'm going to stand on your word, and I have the ability to be strong and courageous even in the middle of this crazy situation in Jesus' name. We stand on the word. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may abound in hope. You know what? That same spirit, the word tells me that same spirit that raised Jesus out of the grave. When I put my faith in Jesus, that same spirit now began to reside in me. I have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And so I'm going to claim that today. I'm going to stand on God's word. And in the middle of a situation that I don't understand and that should be scaring me to death, you know what? Today I'm going to be at peace. Today I'm going to have some joy. I'm going to give myself permission to have joy today in the middle of a crappy situation because I got the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. And we start to attack anxiety with our prayers. Two more, Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The way I feel today in this depression that I'm dealing with, look, if I could pick myself up by my bootstraps, God, I would, but I can't. But that's okay, because I'm going to stand on your word today. And I know that you'll strengthen me when I'm weak, and you'll help me when I can't help myself, and you'll bring me up, you'll pick me up, you'll uphold me when I feel like I'm about to sink. And I'm just going to claim that today in Jesus' name. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, last one. 
Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. God, I'm stepping into something and I have no clue how this is gonna play out and I feel like it's got huge implications for me. It's got huge implications for my family. It's got huge implications for the people that I love. I don't have the answers. I don't even know what's gonna happen tomorrow, more or less a year from now, but I feel like I'm doing what you're calling me to do. And so all I know to do is stand on your word that you're the God of peace and you promised even in this ridiculous situation that you'll give me peace today. So I claim that over my life in Jesus' name. And we take our prayers to a whole new level with using the sword of the spirit to attack this stuff in our prayer life. I want to make this uber practical. So we've put 10 verses just like this on the app for you as of right now, this weekend. So you can download these 10 verses on the app. And and I want to challenge some of you to begin to build yourself a war chest this week and decide before I ever even step out onto the field this week, I'm on the attack. My cousin, she's like a sister to me. Our moms were twin sisters. For the first part of our lives, we grew up in the same home. And then um, our moms and their husbands bought houses right next door to each other. And so we lived next to each other growing up. She's been like a sister to me my whole life. She's got some serious things going on right now. In fact, her name is Gina. And if I would love this week, if you would pray for her. And she's got some things going on and, and anxiety started to set in. And so I texted her a bunch of the verses that we actually put on the app this week for us to take into our prayer life. And here's a text she sent me this week. Thanks so much, cuz. My war chest now. And that's what I'm challenging you to do, church. Build yourself a war chest with the sword of the spirit. Don't sit back and accept it anymore and just decide this week I'm going into my prayer time and I'm attacking what Satan's been trying to take me out with. We build a war chest, right? We can do this. Make some noise. Hit your neighbor. Say, build a war chest. Paul says the stuff's real, but we don't have to accept it. We fight against anxiety with prayer. And then he says with petition. I'm not going to spend much time here. Again, we do this on autopilot, right? I've never once had to teach my kids how to ask me for something, right? (laughs) My son Austin just asked me if he could skip school on the very first day of class. (laughs) Like kids don't have a problem asking dad for things even when it's crazy, And so just use that part of your repertoire, okay? Start asking your father for what you think you need and what you want and the dreams and the desires on your heart. That should be part of our conversation with our heavenly father. And you're his son and you're his daughter, not because you've earned it, not because you've been good enough, because he created you as such. He doesn't love you because you've done stuff right or because you've avoided enough bad things this week. He loves you because of who you are, a child of God, an heir to the throne, and every single one of us, we have every right in the world to ask our father to help us through what we're going through. All right. So, so that part you already got, but make it part of your prayer life. We're going to pray on the attack. We're going to petition our father. And then he said this, he said, make sure thankfulness is part of your prayers. And I thought that was super interesting. Now for time's sake, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but because I have challenged you to continue reading through Joshua during this series, I'm sure you have done so so many times you can almost quote it by now. 
okay? But here's what's really interesting. And now you go read this for yourself this week. After God miraculously brings them across the Jordan into the promised land, they do what we do, which is, whoo, thank you, Jesus. And they start walking off. And God's like, no, 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 no. And grabs them by the back of their shirt and goes, get back here. And they're like, hey, what's up? And he goes, go back out in the river. Read this part. Go back out in the river and grab 12 stones. And they're like, I'm sorry, you just dried up the river so we could walk through it. You want us to go back out? He sent 12 guys back out into the river to pick up 12 stones to come on this side and build a memorial. And then he talks about it and he says, now every time you get stuck, you look back at what I've already done. He says, he got so serious about it. God said, I want you to tell your kids about this one because they're going to see the memorial and they're going to wonder how it happened and they're going to want to know what it's all about. You remind your kids, you talk about this so much, what I've done for you, that your kids know the story, that your kids have heard it so many times, they're sick of hearing it. God says, there's power in remembering what I've done for you in the past and there's peace in saying thank you for it. Right? So some of you, I want to challenge you, get out a notebook, get a journal, get out your phone, whatever you do, and just start writing down this week a whole bunch of things. No matter what you're going through right now, start writing down a whole bunch of things that God's already done for you in the past. Because here's what we do. Right? See, God knew they hit the promised land, but they were about to go fight 31 battles. You know how many times they were going to need to look back at that memorial and go, man, I'm in a jam and my life's at stake and my family's lives are at stake and I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but that's okay because this ain't my first rodeo. I'm going to look back to that memorial and go, you know what? God got me through stuff before he can get me through stuff today. This is, and that's why you guys need to start writing this stuff down. This isn't the first time I've had relationship scares and God got me through it. This isn't the first time I've had financial scares, but look what God's done in my life and finances before. This isn't the first time that I've looked at my career and went, I don't know how this is going to work out because there was this one time and look what God did back then. So because he had me then, he's going to have me now. And it actually allows us to attack anxiety in the moment by looking back and going, yeah, but I know what he already did. See, there's power in remembering what God has already done for us. And there's peace in saying thank you for it. Paul says you want to attack anxiety. We do so with prayer, supplication, and being thankful. Now I'm going to give you five things today, but I'm about out of time. So I'm going to fly through the last two. Worship team, you can come on up. I, I believe this should be such a huge part of our prayer life too, by the way, just saying thank you. In fact, when I was an intern, I had just given my life to God. I had no clue why, why I was interning. I didn't even want to work at a church. I didn't even like church. Sometimes I'm not sure I do still. And, 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 but no, you know, I'm kidding, kind of. Um, but I remember I would go to Eric all the time. And, I, and, I, and one day I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm so depressed all the time. And some of you know what that feels like. I'm like, I, like I don't even, I'm not even myself. I feel so hopeless and depressed some days. I don't even know if I'll ever feel like myself again. And he said, you praying about it? I said, dude, that's all I pray about. And he said, well, let me ask you this. When you pray about it, are you just complaining most of the time? And I was like, yep, check. That's pretty much all I do. And he goes, why don't you try spending part of your prayer time just saying thank you for stuff? And here's what he said, and I've never forgotten it. This was 20 years ago. He said, because it's real hard to be depressed and say thank you at the same time. And I think that's why Paul said, make sure that's part of it. 
So we're going to pray and we're going to ask for supplication and we're going to we're going to say, God, here's what you've already done, and I'm real thankful for it. And the last two things are this. Number one is get in a group. The fight against anxiety should never be a one-on-one battle. Listen, go read the story. Never once did God send someone into the river by themselves. Every single time he sent them in groups. Because that's how we were created. We were created to fight for the plans God has for our life with the people of God in our life. Get in a group, church. Look, we have life group launches this week at most of your campuses. Just don't leave early today. I know the parking is awful. Don't leave early today. And listen to the announcement from your campus pastor at the end of this service. He's going to tell you how to get in a group if you're not in one. You need somebody to help you on the days when you feel like you're sinking to pull you up. Anxiety was never meant to be a one-on-one battle. And listen, some of you right now, you're thinking, you know what? That's cool, but I'm actually doing okay right now. I don't actually need any help right now. I mean, sometimes I do, and for sure, and life goes like this, but I'm good right now. My gosh, if that's you, please get in a group because somebody in this church needs you. Somebody in this church needs you to pull them up right now. I'm begging you, get in a group this week. Is how we were created to live, right? Floods aren't fatal when you're standing with the right people. That's what Joshua would tell you. We learned the hard way. But we stood shoulder to shoulder in the middle of the flood, and we got through it. Floods aren't fatal when you're standing with the right people. You want to attack anxiety? Staying with the right people. And here's where we're going to end. Just this week, I said, God, you, you know how real this struggle is. And we're fighting this stuff. And we're going to get together as a church family. And I just felt like, like, is there anything I'm missing? Like, is there any way that we can just, we need a supernatural shot of adrenaline, a supernatural shot of peace and joy into our systems right now as a church family. And I felt like he dropped this thought into my head. You want to fight anxiety? Put your foot down and put your hands up. Put your foot down and put your hands up. Church, would you stand up with me at every single location? Because I'll tell you what we're going to do today. We're going to put our foot down and we're going to stand on the Word of God. The situation is scary. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know if it's going to end. I don't know when it's going to end. But I'm going to stand on the Word of God. And in the middle of this flood, I can be strong and courageous. I can have peace. I can have joy. I can have confidence because I know my God's with me. And I'm going to put my foot down on that. And in the middle of this flood, I'm I'm going to put both hands in the air and I'm going to worship my father because I know he's good and I know he's working and I know he has a plan even when I don't get it because right here, this is the posture. This is how we fight our battles, church. And today we wage war on anxiety and depression and fear and worry. Let's fight 